0: Welcome back to the Random Horror Show. I am your horror podcast host, Keisha Lacey. And thank you for joining me. And of course, this podcast is broadcasted out of Texas or, say, East Texas, a.k.a. the Iron Pine Curtain. And of course, here at the Random Horror Show, where we film coming to Tate being random and silly and just going off tangents, of course, with horror science fiction fantasy cult classics and the obscure in movies television and books welcome welcome back thank you to my OG listeners out there appreciate your listening ears uh shout out we gotta give them a shout out shout out to my girl Wendy my early birthday gift love her love her Wendy love you she listens to the show um, also, I had a really, really awesome birthday brunch um, with my aunt, and um, I call her Bookie. She calls me Bookie. She's actually my ex-boss, and I used to work for her. I used to be her subordinate, and they like took me out for brunch, and of course, shout out to my homegirl, Love Lee, for making me my beautiful crown of a pisces like pisces pisces and it's um the colors of it is like that seafoam green which i really really love um she gave me a pair of earrings and it was of course aquamarine that's <laughs> our birthstone aquamarine for um march love her love her she's also my b-day twin um had shots with her I mean I had literally like a really great time on my birthday and though it's over I really do uh, appreciate the ones that uh, was with me on my day um excuse me I didn't have like a big crowd or whatever like last year I had a private birthday party it was just only 10 people y'all i roll in small numbers because to me it's like this like if y'all ever heard um i'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies that's just how much i value people especially the quality in people those who um have my back and i have their back um also practicing reciprocity. uh really that's a big huge thing with me um, I don't do one sided loyalty that is for fucking suckers right there um I'm really big on that i have of course you know everybody has in life i've been burnt by people um things like that I've just been smart about it um you know you have your friends you have your associates you have your coworkers and things like that but just learn how to like separate that but I really do cherish um the people that, that are in my life. And, of course, some f- new ones and stuff. I uh, really do, like, appreciate, you know, just being very openly and, you know, just being myself. You know, just, I love meeting people. Like, trust me, I love me people. I, and you know what? I am an introvert, but I love meeting people. It's just, I have to have a good-ass vibe with them and shit. Because, baby... Some of you motherfuckers be carrying some goddamn demons and everything, but anyways, <laughs> tonight's podcast is going to be the Brothers Grimm. While I am doing my hair now, the Brothers Grimm is a fantasy, like I said, we're in the uh fantasy part of our show. Um, I'm doing fantasy um all month, also just letting you guys know that I'm also on Twitch so you can catch me on Twitch TV. I'm still working out the kinks with Twitch. <laughs> I did a um I did a watch party for like to like a test watch party. So you can find me on Twitch TV, um The Random Horror Show. I'm definitely there. Uh I am still getting acclimated with the Twitch. Um yeah I know I sound like the Twitch you know like the instagrams <laughs> the twitches uh no i'm not like i'm dorky but i'm not that dorky okay um i do like to keep in a now but um so far so good i'm actually um liking twitch and you know it's it's a very in, it's very interesting i look, i like this program i i knew you hear me i like this program i like this app there you go i like this app but the Brothers Grimm is, um, tonight's podcast show, um, like I said, we are doing the, uh, fantasy part of, of our, um, you know, of the podcast, um, you know, it's just like a, it's kind of, it's not like really just, we're, you know, taking a break from horror, um, you know, like, fantasy is like one of those, uh, Genres that I really love, um especially you know back in the eighties as a little girl, you know um my first actually my first uh fantasy movie was the last unicorn. I loved that movie as a child, I thought I was a unicorn, and I fell in love with unicorns um my mother she bought me a brass statue of a unicorn. For my sixth birthday and I just cherished the hell out of that little it was just the cutest it wasn't you know just intricately you know it just wasn't like you know you can find unicorns now that's like you know made of glass and things like that but it was a brass little statue of a unicorn and uh you know I found that to be a very unique gift especially for a six-year-old because a lot of times you know, you know back then it was like cabbage patch dolls, strawberry shortcake, rainbow bright, you know all of those little dolls, but uh my like little kid gift was like a very small brass you know um you know unicorn, and I've always liked that when my mother gave me that. I like that she's like, you know, my daughter loves unicorns, and you know and she found it I don't know where she found it at but i I loved it and um you know it's it's it, it was very it's very sentimental to me because I still remember it, you know the way how she presented it to me on my sixth birthday um uh, she also gave me a aqua me, aqua marine ring. For my eighth birthday man I wore that ring all the time except for I made that fatal ass mistake <laughs> uh going to school uh, I had a teacher I don't know this teacher had a fucking problem um second grade and I said like, hey I'm putting my ring i you know want I don't want to lose my ring on a playground so when we got back from recess my ring was gone someone stole my ring and it's just it's like a common problem, like a commonality problem, um I've always had as a kid is that and you know, even adult, you know, that's the reason why I'm just like I don't like for people to like know what kind of shit I have. Is that people just like to steal shit. I'm just like it's a ring, you know, that ring meant a lot to me. And When I couldn't find that ring and I knew somebody stole it and I asked her, I was like, well, you know, I did tell you, you know, asked you to like put my ring, you know, in a safe place because, you know, a lot of times you had teachers was like, hey, you know, kids, you know, if you don't want, you know, nothing to happen or get your stuff stolen or lost or whatever, you know, you always trusted your teacher To, like, put things up for you. Because that was, like, the name of the game. But for some fucking reason, she didn't even want to do that for me. And it got stolen. And that's where I lost, like, my whole trust with teachers. And I have never trusted teachers again. And it took me years to, like, trust teachers because it was just that particular teacher that was just I don't know she was just like a whole bitch or something I don't I have no clue and I'm not like really like call like women like bitches and shit like that it's just it's just pointless to just be a just be ignorant like that and jealous or you know, vindictive. I, I mean, I don't care if you didn't like me as an 8-year-old, but, like, please do respect me as an 8-year-old. I just didn't get that whole, we just going to be a bitch. And she was a bitch to a couple of students, too, so it wasn't just me. But um, tonight's episode, like I said, is uh, Brothers Graham. It's 2005 Fantasy Adventure, and it has... <laughs> Matt Damon... Every time I hear Matt Damon, I'm like, Matt Damon. Y'all remember on Team America, World Police, Matt Damon, Matt Damon. That that has been stuck in my head. That has been stuck in my head every time I. I watched Team America like a couple of weeks back and I just keep saying, Matt Damon. I can't stop. I can't stop. And also has the um, late Heath Ledger. See how I just jumped into that? And just being all serious. The late Heath Ledger. Um, best performance that he did was, um, you know, the Joker in the Dark Knight series by Christopher Nolan. Um, his Joker was just astronomically just out of this world, and it was like the to me it was like a toss up of who was the best joker because you know you had a lot of you know you had you had Jack Nicholson and I mean I'm not a big Jack Nicholson fan I just don't care too much for his work. There's some movies that I like Jack Nicholson. Um The Witches of Eastwick. Um Yeah, I actually liked him in The Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> Uh, And I also liked him in the terror, um, you know, Roger Corman film. But um, it was, it was like a toss-up of, like, who was the best Joker? And I have to give it to Heath Ledger because, I don't know, Heath Ledger stepped his damn game up, and he actually about a smidge, like, just knocked Jack Nicholson's Joker down. We have Peter Stormare. Um, Peter Stormare has always played, like, these different characters. You know, he played the devil in Constantine. Um, he was also with... You know, you have to have that Keanu Reeves, like... (laughs) Connection. Um, he was in the John Wick films with him. Um, Peter Stormare, Stormare, he's been in quite a bit of a lot of movies and he always plays these really kooky, eccentric. Sometimes they can be shitty ass, evil ass, you know, people or, you know, when he played the devil, celestial um characters. But he does have like this really um interesting range. I could tell like whenever he's in a role that is really like over the top and eccentric, um, uh, like this character, do great Cavaldi, you know he he's he does it he really does and you also have lena Headley. heady i know people say lena Headley. lena did it, at it but lena Headley, of course we know her as cersei lannister in game of thrones um she was also in the purge boy she tickled me in the purge though she i like i like lena i like lena she's um She has a very good range um, of acting, and, um, you know, I was reading up on Lena. She also was, you know, in the show of Sarah Connor. Um, They had that a couple years back, you know, with the whole Terminator, uh, you know, TV show. Um, You know, she does battle depression, and I do feel her on that, and she has, like, a lot of tattoos, and it just makes her feel better. Um I was reading up on that and you know I was like you know what you know I get that I really do I really get that and I was like I you know I have tattoos myself and it's just not like oh tattoos are cool but really with my tattoos I um it it it's, it comes with a story of something that I went through and I know my aunt, she was visiting, she's like, oh, you and your tattoos and you need to stop putting all this ink on you because no man don't want no woman with all these tattoos. It looks trashy and stuff. And I was like, you don't understand these tattoos that I have. Um, a lot of times it's something that I went through, uh, in a period of my life, you know, what I was dealing with or something that was very traumatic, uh, that's the reason why um, I have them. And only the, my first one was actually the one that I have on my left shoulder is the one that I just really wanted. And that was like, oh, this is like happy times. And then then, you know, mostly now like what I have is basically something that I was going through. Um you also have Jonathan Price. Um Jonathan Price, he was in Brazil. He's been in many movies. He was um I believe he was in Jumpin' Jack. Yeah, he was in Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. Um he was the mysterious man um that was helping Whoopi and everything. And of course the reason why he's in this movie, which I know the director is Terry Gillum. Um Terry Gilliam has is he's he's like a like I like how Terry Gillum is and everything. And if y'all don't know who Terry Gillum is. He is actually part of Monty Python. I grew up on Monty, Monty Python. I grew up on that damn shit. I grew up on anybody. Like anybody. Yo. If y'all grew up on Monty, Monty Python. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, I mean, remember the Holy Grail, the Life of Brian, the movies that they came out. Um, that was like, like when I watched Monty Python as a child, it just like blew me away because, uh I was talking to somebody about how American comedy has like literally has changed. Um... You know when you had like the slapstick comedy, um, the physical comedy. Um, you know from back in the day when you had I Love Lucille Ball. You know with I Love Lucy. You know you had the honeymooners, but you know honeymooners was actually like a metaphor of like yo, this dude is like beating on his wife. It was like a show about this angry as abusive man. You know pal in the kisser, you know, to the moon, Alice, meaning he's gonna beat her ass, but, um, that was a little dark right there, too, but when I, uh, started to, uh, get into a lot of British comedies, and it was because of my mother, um, it just, it, it really changed my, uh, perspective on comedy, um, it, and then when I look at how, uh, American comedy is, and then, like, versus, like, British comedy, um, there's, like, there's a lot of good, funny people out there, um, I was just, I I liked it, I really did, especially the little goofy cartoon animation, um, it was like some stuff that just went over my head when I was a child. But then when I started to get a little bit older, I start picking it up and I was like, oh snap, they're I'm like, damn, I was like, they're literally, they're literally, I was like, Jeez. I, I could, I couldn't stop laughing. And I, I just, and then, you know, just recognizing, you know, the, uh, you know, you have John Cleese, like John Cleese is like very, 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 very well known. Michael Palin, um, Eric Idol, Terry Jones, and you got Graham Chapman, and then of course, um, Terry Gillum. But Terry Gillum, he uh went on to uh direct movies. I mean, even if y'all remember the movie, uh, the movie that he, the last movie that Heath Ledger was in was the uh oh lord (laughs) that like I'm trying to think of it is the uh the imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus um I I felt that he was very brilliantly to um have you know um you had I think it was Jude Law was in this and of course Johnny Depp and um you know to like change the faces because Heath Ledger passed away, you know, left us very early, and he had Johnny Depp and Jude Law to like come in and like had to do these different changes of his face of the the character, and I and I thought that was like really really um, you know I I thought that was really cool to do that because you know they could have like did a CGI on some actor, you know, green screen of, you know, Heath Ledger's face. But they didn't do that. But And I think that was very, that was a very smart move on Terry Gillum's part with that. Um, It shows that, you know, he thought outside of the box and still, like, you still had Heath Ledger. Um, He also did 12 Monkeys. Lord, have mercy, that movie was crazy. Um, you know, of course, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, um, he's, he's just been, you know, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, uh, shoot, and, um, and of course, you know, um, Jonathan Price is, you know, was in Brazil that he did, oh lord, The Fisher King was really weird. <laughs> that was a weird movie, The Fisher King, that was a weird movie right there but i but i like uh but i like terry gillum i mean he he has some like he has some bangers and then you know he had some so 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 movies and stuff but um but i do uh like i do like how this movie like roll um you know a lot of a lot of people just didn't like a lot of people did like uh the brothers grim because it was different I liked it because, uh, you know, it it does, it you know, of course, you know, we all know stories about, like, like Little Red Riding Hood, um, who was the Brothers Grimm. They were, like, these writers, and they had, like, these fairy tales, these stories um, that they collected or, you know, from different townsfolk, you know, just doing all this. Well, this is a little bit different. You still had, like, them just still um, in the core of being the Brothers Grimm, um, you know, but it does, like, a change of where, yes, they're writing the stories and stuff, but they're also con artists, and they're conning people because, you know, they grew up poor, you know, what's in the movie, and that, you know, they, um, that like you know we can bank off like we can be scammers we can bank off you know these are you know I guess you could say these are like the first scammers <laughs> I heard like, <laughs> and <clears throat> it's like they took hmm, it's like they take all these um fables these old wives tales these superstition stories that the um villagers you know you know talked about and just made it like a profit off of it to like say oh we got rid of your lands of this witch and you know blah 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 blah, and until they actually meet they actually meet there was a real live story of a princess that ruled the lands um a couple years maybe like a couple centuries back And it lives in the forest. You also see um, Hansel and Gretel, um, you know, in this story. Um, You see, you know, Little Red Riding Hood. So you see that they took the parts of the stories that the Brothers Grimm has brought to us, like everywhere in the world, and put them um, in this movie. And, oh, I forgot to say Monica Bellucci is in this movie too. This lady is very pretty to me. Um, she does play Persephone in the second Matrix movie. And my daughter middle name is Persephone also Greek. <laughs> married Hades. sleeve married Hades and she comes out onto the world, you know, enjoying, you know, her mom and her mom, Demir, and stuff. And, of course, she has to go back into the Underworld and rule with Hades. Um, that's the reason why we have our seasons and stuff. So, you know, thought that was pretty cool. But Monica Bellucci has, um, like, she was really, like, popular and everything. Um, you know, and I don't know if she's still acting. She probably still is. Um, but she was very popular back in the 2000s. Um, from what I remember, but she was a really um, good-looking actress, she really was, like, I don't know, it's just something about actresses now, they just, I don't know, they look the same to me, it's like, I don't see any difference with them, (laughs) They just look, they just look very manufactured, I like the actresses where you can actually, like, see a difference, you know, I like different looks on actresses. But anyways, we're going to be getting into this podcast with the Brothers Grimm um, after I get through with this braid, and we're going to hear from our sponsor, from Anchor FM. Alrighty, welcome back to the Random Horror Show, and tonight's podcast is the Brothers Grimm, a 2005 film with Matt Damien and the late Heath Ledger, Lena Headey, Cersei Lannister. <laughs> I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself. Jonathan Price and Peter Stormare. Hmm. But yes, uh, Brothers Grimm is it, it, it. It's a it's a it's a fantasy movie. Love it or like it. But it is. It's a little bit more exaggerated. Um, It is um, directed by um, Terry Gillum. This one's part of the. Still a part of Monty Python. And of course, you know, it takes back like way back, way back. You know, anything that's like way back, (laughs) it's way back. (laughs) But. it's like said, you know, in the late, in the earliest 19th century. Um, of course, you know, this is not like really the real life of like the brothers Grimm. Um, it's more exaggerated as them being con artists. Um, it starts off, you know, um, Jacob, he's like, I went to go sell the cow, but you know, I got magic bangs. Because their sister was sick. And, you know, brother was like what you know you got some funky ass beans and stuff you're supposed to sell that cow to like get some medicine for our sister and of course you know he slaps the beans out of his hand and i guess that's just you know the premises of them just like okay this is just showing you know of course like this is showing like about jack and a beanstalk um of course you know jack he went off and um Try to sell the cow and he came back with magic beans and he threw them some bitches out and how you come up the next morning there's like a beanstalk it goes up there leaves a giant giant smells them you know how that goes so they like weave that in like a lot of the um fairy tale stories that brothers Grimm um has you know um stories that we all like read and everything and then, you know, it just has, you know, um uh, them, they're older, um, they're in a t in a in a village and they're fighting off the witch. And of course this is all nothing but smoke and mirrors because uh, we don't know that they're actually um you know, they're they're actually con artists and they all and they have employed um two people to like help them out. You know, to say, like, if they hear, like, wind of, like, people saying, like, they have, like, this legend of this witch that is, like, haunting their their villages. You know, basically, you know, just good old snakes, old snake oil men and stuff like that. You know, they come in a village and say, like, hey, hey, y'all, look at us, we're the Brothers Grim. So they built, like, a reputation of doing this. Um, Though the villagers felt that, you know, you do have villagers that kind of had their suspicions about these brothers, um, you know, really just exploiting them, just pretty much just basically like saying, I think these dudes think we're idiots and everything, but, you know, um, they thought they were getting away, but they had did the drop, you know, on a villager, um had like a fake ass witch and you know they had like all the little special effects and junk like that you know all the smoke and mirrors come to you know and then we come to find out they are con artists and you know and I guess like hmm, I can understand why the con artistry and stuff is because you know in the beginning of the movie we see that they did live you know in poverty and that their sister was very sick that they didn't have any money to um at least get her a doctor or get her medicine and so they just made it their like lifelong mission and stuff oh I need another rubber band or like a um what do you call it bobby pin I gotta bobby pin my hair but um my hair is super last long, long. But um but I could see reason why they do that and and I think that was like a really good gig because Jacob was the one that written all the stories. So he was uh he was like you could tell he was like really, really smart. Um you know, Mad character. Um he was like the good looking, like dashingly handsome, you know, he had all the the swag, the bravado. Um, to convince the villagers that they are the best of like getting rid of their problems and of course um, Jacob is the one to document all of these stories because Jacob um does feel very guilty of like you know he traded the cow in for some beans because somebody you know tricked him in doing that and and I guess like somewhere like how he worked through of that is that he you know collect all these stories and stuff, and so you know they do go and you know do do this and they get and they get caught. Um, this is like around like a wartime you know with the French occupation in Germany, so this is taking place you know in Germany. And um so you have Jonathan Price, he's like the general that like finds out that these guys right here um are basically, you know, con artists and and he they're all up in his territory and stuff. So he uh calls in Capaldi, Gavaldi, Cavaldi, good grief, Capaldi, Gavaldi, I'm thinking about oh Capaldi, the twelfth doctor from Doctor Who, Peter Capaldi. See? It's kind of hard, though, because when I heard Cavaldi, I was like, Cavaldi? Peter Cavaldi? I'm like, oh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> but um, Cavaldi cap- captures them. He brings them to the general, the French general, de la Tombe, and they were about to get executed, and they was like, yo, 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 we're not con artists they are trying to prove their innocence but you know they did like they did (laughs) they did finesse the people though they did finesse them though so that was like a good finesse they did but they got caught with it because you know just to say for them to like exploit the um the villagers with their superstition stories that they have in the village and they um you know they coin off that Uh, that doesn't mean that you're gonna have one of those villagers is gonna be sitting there going hmm they pretty sus and everything how the hell they know what we have okay so you know villagers are not stupid and they were about to get tortured by um Cavaldi and so they had to prove their innocence but yeah they they did finesse those people out of their money But then the real deal story. This is where the real action comes in. um, And it was like a little small town, little village called uh, Maraband, Maraband, Marabandum, but anyways, there was a a lady uh, who was played by uh, Lena Headey, Angelica. They were cursed. Because their father was um, lost. They didn't even know where their father But also she has three younger sisters. And they all disappeared and everything. And so everybody in the whole town was like, oh, hell no. We don't want her around. I mean, she stayed in the town, but she stayed away. They kept her away. You know, even when she walked around, uh, people like spat. You know, she's cursed. She's cursed. Her daddy gone. Her sisters have disappeared. You know, they're cursed. They're cursed. But uh, really, it was not a curse. This is actually um, a queen of it, it was a and queen that was like living among in their woods. Um, and the story goes that she was a selfish ass hoe. Like she was beautiful as all get up, but the bitch lacked personality. She was very vain. Um extremely, extremely selfish um and you know there was uh like a great big war, and things were going on you know in when she married into this kingdom with the king, and his people were like dying and 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 it was like this war time and stuff. she's sitting up there in the tower because she got this tower built. And she did not have nobody that can come in. There was no entrance. There's like a weird way that, you know, you can get up there. And it was just only her. So she's like sitting there singing and combing her hair and everything. Like Rapunzel. There you go. Um, And, of course, you know, for that crap that she was doing because she was a bitchy bitch and... Um, I know people who don't like this word and everything, but she was a cunt. Um, I'm not scared of using that word. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not scared of using that word. People like, I don't like that C word. I'm like, I just say it like it is. She was cunt, and I rarely come out of pocket whenever somebody is acting like that it's gonna be a C U, but if you're acting like the whole word, I'm just gonna come out with it. And of course, you know, they pretty much like kind of cursed her, you know, like, hey, you know, since like you, do, 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 you being all like that, you know, you being all like that, and this is bullshit that's going on, she like, you know, she was just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not, she, she thought she was safe. But like she caught the plague. There was a plague that was going around. She um lost her beauty. Um she was so mad. Like she was hot, mad, like steaming, scorching. Um, she was like ashy to the heavens, like upset because she lost her beauty because of the plague. But she also, you know, you know, kind of dabbled in some magic and things like that. Um, so, it actually, she's been, um, in this tower for a very, very long time with her old, decrepit ass, and the whole thing of what it is, is that she needed, um, 12 young girls, it's always something about them, them vain ass heifers, it's always wanna be in some damn magic do some strange things just to keep their beauty if y'all remember there's uh there's like a i think there's a there's a, there's actually a story of a princess or a queen i believe it's somewhere um in eastern europe or something like that uh i can't remember it's, it's I, re- I remember reading this but um in order for her to keep her beauty, she killed people, she became a, like a psycho, she became like a psychopathic killer, um, she tortured, uh, a lot of her servants, young women, and to keep, and she drained their blood, and she took a bath in their blood, um, and what she did is that for in order for her to keep this beauty regimen where her skin is very supple and soft, uh, so she won't, you know, get very old, is that she killed young women. Um, I think she killed some guys too, but this lady has actually she was a royal and she actually did this. She committed so many murders just to keep that bath of blood to keep her beauty going and i'm thinking to myself oh my gosh i mean you know like do you believe in moisturizer so the thurican queen did not believe in moisturizer she believed in sacrifices blood moons and murder and I'm just like what is up with these helpless with this damn magic and this damn blood moon and these goddamn sacrifices we're gonna steal these kids and she basically targeted um younger girls um of course like in one of the stories um one of the scenes excuse me um it was a little girl with a little red with a little red hood and of course you know like that's from Brothers Grimm, Little Red Riding Hood um And and she also um, had a huntsman. And we come to find out the huntsman is actually um, Angelica's father. Because Angelica's father went through the woods one day. And he kind of got tired, hungry, lost, uh, cold. It was cold. And so um, the queen summoned him. And she uh, pretty much had a mirror um, where she is being deceptive because she is like super ass like this bitch look like mum Ra off of thundercats come on now like she look exactly like mum Ra. but she had this mirror of course like um that's from snow white um with the evil queen <clears throat> this stepmother um And um, she, you know, reflected that whole beautifulness and everything, but she was actually looking like goddamn Mumra. Um, she stuck this pen inside of him, which controls him. And so she was, so he was doing a lot of her bidding, even though she's up there in a the tower and she's not able to like come out or whatever and stuff like that, you know, looking like a... Like, Mumra and shit. At least Mumra brought his ass out and stuff. You know, he at he, least he, he did call, like, ancient spirits of evil transform this body, this decaying body, into Mumra, the ever-living. I mean, at least Mumra, like, pulled like that. She just, she just, like, I don't want to do this shit. I just get I just give me a mark. So, basically, she had Angelica's father as a mark. And so, he was doing all the dirty work. and, but you do see, um, Hansel and Gretel, um, in this, in one of the scenes, and you're like, oh, you recognize, like, all the, um, fairy tales that we all know, like, in this movie, which, that's what I liked about it, and it, and it does, it's like, oh, I remember this, you know, oh, I remember that story, and, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a really interesting, um, movie, Um, like I said, it was a very mixed reviews on it because I think, like, people were just, like, expecting, um, some Brother Grimm type. I don't know what they were expecting. Um, I I liked it because it was unexpected. That was the unexpected. That's what I liked about it. It was just that unexpected. Um... To say that like the um special effects that they um had, um especially with the um when Hans when Gretel whenever her little head shawl came off um and my rubber band just popped out on my hair. My hair is super ass strong. But uh or there's some cheap ass rubber bands, either or it doesn't matter. But, yeah, so she was running to grab her little shawl that she had over her head. And that's, like, how um, the and Queen caught all of these girls. <clears throat> you know, I'm still kind of, still got a little bit of a cold. It's just still getting over, I'm still getting over it. But um, I was just kind of like, girl, do you see your, uh... Your little shawl flipping and flopping like it's carpet off of Aladdin. And she's going to sit there and chase it. I was like, uh uh, no, uh uh. Like, girl, girl. Like, you see something strange like that. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to leave this in the woods and just going to run back where my brother is at. But she did she used a lot of um she used a lot of magic to get the girls to um, you know capture them, and she put them um in the tomb. the tombs were um around the um tower um and of course like the the townspeople were very afraid to go off into the woods like it was certain parts in the woods that they did not go. Um, into because they heard it was you know haunted and it was there was like a sorceress you know old you know the stories of the third and queen that um, reside there in the tower and though you know people thought that was just like oh that's just superstition oh that's just an old story you know just to scare, scare kids and everything um it was it was like really really true well um since you know, Jacob and Will, you know, they went there and they were just like, oh, this is nothing out here. Uh, Yeah, it was something out there. And they noticed that, like, the trees moved because um, the queen had so much power out there in the woods that she can literally um, have the trees to move up out of their roots and walk around. And like I was saying, the special effects did look a bit cheesy and I think that was like pretty rushed through with this movie I mean I'm just gonna say it like the colors of like I I like the way how the colors are um in this movie they were very very rich and and that what stood out about this movie and Um, if, you know, if y'all are big fans of Terry Gillum's work, like, Terry Gillum believes a lot in color schemes. He is, he's really big on that. And, um, and they're very, very vibrant and very rich. Um, a lot of times when you have, uh, you know, if you just have a regular moviegoer that does not you know, know a lot of things about, um, you know, colors, the psychology of of colors, like color therapy. Um, a lot of times, uh, those colors like affect our moods. Um, they also set the ambiance of a scene. Um, sometimes when you use colors, particularly of different characters, um, it, it also can be the, um, atmosphere or the environment. Um, cause you see how, um, you see the queen is like in these rich wool reds and, you know, she's very vibrant, um, uh, whenever, um, you see her in her beautiful form. But then when you see her in her real true nature of looking like Mumra, you have, like, this real, and, he, and and I know he, like, plays a lot with texture, too. This real uh, murky gray, you know, we know is old, like, super old, decaying and death and and just rot um, with the queen. Even the forest, uh, it's just, like, these just beautiful, like, just amber, like, amber color. With the um, uh, you know, with the pine needles, and the leaves, and things like that. I mean, even to um, you know, Angelica's costuming—that she had these furs—and then when she was in the town, did you could if you could tell like a difference with this, like when you could tell when she was in town, like and you know how people like oh she's cursed and blah, 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 like that. You see, like, this very muted gray with the town that she lives. And you see how the townspeople, like, how muted and how gray and dull they are because they're, like, in sadness about the girls being missing. And before, um, if you cut through some scenes before all of this happening of, like, the girls and everything... Is that the town actually had like a little bit of a fire with it? It had like a you had like punched up with some color with it, um, particularly uh with um uh, Little Red Riding Hood whenever she was running out of the woods, um, and of course she got caught and everything else and. You know you can see like how the town looked at at night and you know during the scene when R- little Rodney was trying to do her best to run back into um her village it's had it <clears throat> it had like that it had a spark to it, but then when the more girls that got um you know missing and got you know disappearing and stuff, the more the colors have like muted and grayed out and uh, very muddled is because they were mourning you gotta like pay attention to things like that like how um colors can uh really affect our mood and it also can affect a scene and just like like it can like just just tell the audience of like of one thing that happened and then you know you had all this action going on and then you go in a couple scenes like forward and you see like how drastically you know the colors have changed. And like I was saying by Angelica's costuming when she was there, it's like kind of uh, uh. But when she was in the woods with Will and Jacob the first time, you see the colors like in her furs. It was very lively because she was like in a place of where she was happy um she was a huntress of uh, the woods divorce was her like that's like her domain that was like her motherfucking place to kick it at you see like how um her hair was very vibrant it has to do, like that it has to do a lot with that I don't know if like people have caught that like in this movie but I definitely caught that um first time I watched it I was like, oh, snap, you know, like, this is, like, it was, it was very, it was very visual, If you're a very, um, visual person, and, you know, you know all about, like, if you were in art, or, like, theater, or whatever, and crap like that, and stuff, you know, you know what I'm talking about right there, but, um, but yeah but that but that's like a big thing with um Terry Gillum is he is de- I don't know maybe I mean this is just my um theory about like a lot of his movies that I've watched is that he is so super big with color he is just he he's definitely like I mean I caught it <laughs> I caught that shit right there but um but like but you know, um you know, just going back into it, um, you know, you do have to have like I mean, it's a Terry Gill like he direct Terry Gilliam directs it and everything. You got to have like some eccentric person, um, in this movie. Um, you know, which is uh, you know, Cavaldi, you know, he is this Italian assassin, you know, like he is good at about his job. and. I like the, the the dynamic how he was because he was just like he was he was like he was the comic relief um in this movie and you see like how like many changes that he um like went through um you know first he was just like oh we gotta get these guys they're like big con artist, ooh, I can't wait, you know, he had, like, all that, like, whole pat leather black looking shit, like, he was, you know, like, he's finna roll off, like, in the band with Rick James or some shit like that, you know, dude has, like, this toupee, and he had, like, them curly cues on the side of his face, you know, sideburns, I mean, he was literally, he was, He wasn't fashion faux pas. He was just fashion forward with his shit. (laughs) But um, Cavaldi, like, he was. He was just psychotic. But it was, like, something in him. You just, like, he is just a goofy dude. But it was, like, he's goofy, but he's high and he goofy. That's the reason why he took up the, the art of, like, a assassinations and like <laughs> he like he was real good at his shit though but he was like but he was comic relief you know and you think that he wouldn't be comic relief but he actually was and uh um, but you see like how like a lot of his stuff like have shifted he didn't like them to like he was very skeptical of them and then when they went into the woods um you know, and he's seen what he's seen, um, he started to believe about, like, hey, I don't think these guys are, like, putting on a show like they used to, um, this is some real deal shit, like, we were dealing with some stuff, um, even when, um, they, Went back into the woods to come and produce like all these girls, the, which they have been wrongly accused of because they're not murders, they're con artists. Like, they're not gonna murder people, not you know, small children. And they were, you know, they're days they, like, you know, and they were like, fuck it, we're just gonna burn them up. And they set them in the woods and they, you know, literally, you know, set the forest on and I got to thinking I was like man that is a huge big burn control they have to do right I'm filming that scene right there and uh that was like the time that you seen um Cavaldi, he was actually like he started to like them and he was really um he was struggling, like, okay, you know, I serve, um, Della Tone with his eating everything ass, He didn't that man just eat all through the damn movie, didn't even take a damn break, but, um, he was like, I'm loyal to him, but I actually see the innocence of, you know, Will and Jacob, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know they're they're con artists, but you know, really, they are trying to like help out this town, like for real, for real. And he's seen that like, okay, they could have ran away and just like said, forget this mess right here. But that was like the thing about uh, you know, about both of them is that they were both in love with Angelica. And they really want to help her, but they was like, okay, you know, we got to help the girl, but, you know, we can like exonerate ourselves from this, you know, from this crime that we're uh, falsely being accused of. And it was, it was like an adventure for them. It was like a big, huge ride for them. Um, But they could have ran away from it, you know, seeing all that, but they didn't. Um, You know, you could tell they had like a lot of heart. Um, and that's what, uh, Cavaldi liked about them, is that, like, oh, wow, these guys ain't no, like, you know, they ain't no big pussies and shit, you know, and Cavaldi was actually, uh, 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 you know, he was, like, actually afraid, he didn't want them to die whenever the, um, general was like, oh, go ahead and, like, burn their ass and burn their little bullshit-ass book, but, uh, Cavaldi, he was like, "Yay, y'all are alive!" <laughs> when he like, "Yes, y'all are alive! <laughs> I'm so happy to see y'all!" <laughs> but um, there, but but then you seen that um, Cavaldi was actually scared of the general. I mean, the general looked like he would not about shit. All he just did was just ate and drink and burped and demanded and you know of course he's a general and stuff like that but um you really see Cavalli like being um like really scared because you know he's supposed to be like this really huge famous um assassin you know executioner you know he loves it you know he just reeks off just dripping wet with all this you know torture and mayhem and just want to make people scream and he just gets off on that and then you see this little funky ass dude that eat a ground up ass like cat that got caught up and it lands on his face and he sits there and tasted like it was like pate or something or steak tartare but it was cat tartare and capaldi is like afraid of him and that's where you see like capaldi in like so much fear and uh but but he he's like i'm gonna make the right choice i'm gonna be friends with him but uh but he does he helps him out he really does Um, and that was good because he is, he's like an eccentric person. I like how Peter Stormare, like, he plays these eccentric characters. And sometimes, um, his characters that he do play kind of run a little bit of the same. That's just my opinion. Just like how Denzel plays every character about the same, but the only two movies that he actually Um, played and it wasn't like just a regular. I just be Denzel character was um Training Day and Fallen. Fallen is actually a un. Oh my God, that was like the most underrated movie I've ever like. Like that movie is so underrated. Everybody can tell me. Oh man, oh fire, fire, fire. John Q. (laughs) Denzel, nah, bitch. Training Day and Fallen are like the best movies that I like with Denzel in there. Trust and believe. Just that's just my opinion about this shit. But yeah, like you, have, I mean, like Cavaldi was not like a two-dimensional character. He just re- he really wasn't. But it was very like like he is like a goofy ass dude, and and he was like really lovable. I mean, because like, you in the beginning, you're just like, ah, I hate this dude. But then you're like, no, you can't hate this dude because this dude is so goofy. He's so eccentric. You can't, gotta love an eccentric person. I'm eccentric myself too, but you can't, you can't hate eccentric people. They just, they just out of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, um. But yes, the um uh, Thurkin queen, queen does betray um Angelica's father. Um she chooses Will because you know that's Matt Damon. You know, he had those little golden little lock hair or something. I don't know. It was like working for him in this movie. And she puts the she put the thing in his chest. <laughs> And he is yeah, he's all like, ah the queen. But yes, but one thing that like destroyed the queen is that Jacob um learned that the the queen used the mirror for her illusions and deceptions and he destroys it. And um that was the end of that half. Um makes perfect sense to you to really just destroy a mirror. Um, this is where she draws her power and her magic. Um, the girls are saved. Ow! Uh, uh, Capaldi uh, uh, is not dead. <laughs> and it was the end of the movie. And that was it of, like, Brothers Grimm. But like I said, um, it was. It was, like, mixed reviews, like, on this movie. Because I was like, you know, I'm, like, i like, how like. Sometimes I like, I like movies like this, like people were just like I don't know. Is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be bad? And just just go and just watch it, shit. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. But like yeah. I I mean like shoot. Like I I mean it it but like what I liked it was just it was just so different and it actually um, did very well um at the box office you know because the budget was like like a, like I'm just gonna say it was like eighty eight million and they you know they, they capped off of it pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Because like the box office was like million so they got me they got their money back (laughs) and a couple change (laughs) they did they really did and you know I I don't I wouldn't even like I mean like I would not totally shit on this movie um it is it's like it's it's like one of those movies that you can just like you know what, I haven't watched Brothers Grimm in a while, and, you know, you watched it, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and there's, like, some stuff you haven't seen, you know, like, you haven't caught, really, when the first time you've seen it, and then you're just like, okay, I still enjoy this movie, and then you go back, like, a couple of years later, and you're just like, oh, let me watch Brothers Grimm again, and you, it's, like, one of those nostalgic it's, it's it's becoming like one of those nostalgic movies, to where, um, you know you you still you still enjoy the magic the pure magic of it. you still enjoy that uh you know it is laced with the Brothers Grimm's um fairy tales that we all uh read and grew up on. Um, it has Heath Ledger and Matt Damon. <laughs> um you know I mean of course like it's it and it is it's it's a it's a very visual very visual movie and, and and you know you you have a you have a good laugh at it you know the suspense the mystery um you get your fairy you get your fairy tale get your fairy tale on with this and I liked it too and I still enjoy it I still enjoy Brothers Grimm I still do um no cap on that it's not like something that you just want to watch every weekend but it's still one of those like movies that like hey I ain't got nothing to do I ain't seen this in a long ass time let me watch this, yep, it's like one of those movies. I know it was a really good movie um that I definitely definitely watched like over and over Stardust. I love Stardust. I haven't watched Stardust, and that's gonna be another um it's gonna be another um podcast right there, Stardust. I love me some damn Stardust. But anyways, that's enough of my time. And the rubber band popped in my hair. And I need to get um, a bobby pin so I can pin my hair. So my I won't be sitting up there w- looking like a wild woman. Um, just have it nice and neat for me. Just to function and stuff with my cute self. But anyways, peoples, thank you for listening to tonight's podcast of The Brothers Grimm. I really do appreciate it. And for all the Pisces out there, if you know a Pisces, your family members, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, whatever, co-worker, the fool down the street, tell him happy birthday. <laughs> tell them happy birthday. Alright then, that's enough of my time and thank you so much for listening to The Random Horror Show.